Hi, I'm John Hill, pastor of Flint Hill United Methodist Church in Alexander City, and I want to welcome you to our radio program, Grounded. For the next 30 minutes, we hope to bring you God's message in a way that connects with you wherever you may be today. We hope that you enjoy and find yourself a little more grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. In life, it's important that we have people to lean on. For a Christian, that means a loving, caring, and compassionate church family. Flint Hill United Methodist Church in Alexander City invites you to come experience the warmth and companionship of a loving church home. Flint Hill United Methodist Church exists to be a lighthouse and a life-saving station through Christian outreach. We offer a nursery, children and youth programs, outreach ministries, small group Bible study, volunteer opportunities, and more. All visitors are welcome. Services begin at 1045 on Sunday mornings at Flint Hill United Methodist Church, 2858 Flint Hill Road, just off Old Dateville Road in Alex City. For more information, look up Flint Hill Church on Facebook or visit our website at flinthillumc.com. This is Grounded with Pastor John Hill, an outreach ministry of Flint Hill United Methodist Church in Alexander City, Alabama. On today's program, Pastor John discusses three secrets to a life well lived on Grounded from Flint Hill United Methodist Church. a lot of sadness. There's a lot of grief. And the grief is not as much about missing the person, I believe, as it is about the fact that the person lived a life and they're having problems coming up with something good to say about that person. Now that's one type of funeral that there is. The second type of funeral that I preach is one where there's a line of people who are wanting to say something good about the person who's just died. They will line up for miles. They may not want to get up and say it, but they want to tell you about that person. And usually you can break it down to three things that they want to talk about about that person. One is their family. They want to talk about the, the family person that that person was, how he loved, how he cared about his family or her family, how, how he or she um, fulfilled the role of mom or dad or grandparent. They want to go into detail and tell about that person and the sacrifices that they made in their life. The second thing they want to tell you about is they want to tell you how they had a love for other people. Not only was that love reserved for just those in their family, but I can't tell you how many funerals I've been to where somebody has come up and said, let me tell you, this person would give the shirt off their back for anybody else. And that just warms your heart. And then I hear the stories about how they had such a strong faith. 
And they want to talk about the person's faith. It wasn't just about going to church and sitting on a pew and, and getting your card stamped or your time card stamped. It was about getting in and learning about Jesus Christ. And it was about, uh, it encompassed them when they left the church and how they were willing to share the love of Christ with other people. It was about how they, 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 they developed themselves and grew themselves to become more and more like Jesus Christ. You could see them, and by their actions, you knew that they were a disciple of Christ. And what I have found in those, in those funerals is completely opposite from the first one. Because the people in there, now it's more, instead of a sad moment, now it's become a celebration of that person's life. But there's a whole different attitude, if you will, in that type of funeral. And it's one, again, of celebration. What is your funeral going to be like? What are they going to say about you at your funeral? Is it going to be a celebration? Is it going to be a party? Or is it going to be a sad occasion? So let me just put it out here to you like John will say. And you can say this at my funeral. John one time asked me, he said, are you going to make the preacher work for what he says at your funeral? Or is you going to let him coast and let everybody else tell your life story? I've had to work funerals. And then I've had some that I just, they just happen. And it's a celebration. You're listening to Grounded from Flint Hill United Methodist Church with Pastor John Hill, who joins us now. John, one thing I think everyone thinks about is what kind of legacy or memories that we'll leave in our time here on earth. I think that everybody is concerned about their legacy. Presidents worry about their legacy and what, what people are going to think about them after they leave office. But I think even the, the everyday, ordinary person thinks about, what is, how am I going to be remembered? What, what is my time here on earth going to accomplish? And I think that's the reason for that is because we have been uh, made and created by the great creator uh, to have that desire within us. We know we're not just wasted space. We know we're not just here taking up oxygen, but we've been created for a purpose. We've been created for a special, uh, for something special in this life. By God, we've been given gifts and talents. Uh, and so when we go through life and we don't know what that is and we haven't found that out, then our life can seem empty. And, and part of our life is discovering where God is calling us to and living that out. And when we're able to do that, we find ourselves with so much greater um, experiences. We find ourselves with so much more satisfaction and a fullness that can only come from God. Let's return now for part two of today's message, Three Secrets of a Life Well Lived, on Grounded from Flint Hill United Methodist Church. life worthwhile. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you, let, let you in on a little secret. If you, if you hadn't started taking notes yet, you might want to write this one down, okay? And this is going to apply for everybody in here. So it's very, very important that you hear what I say and that you understand it. No matter how much you want to avoid it, no matter how young you are and think it's a long way away, one day we will die. 
You will not make it out of this world by not dying. It happens to all of us. It happens to the good and to the bad. There's no getting around it. And then one day our life will be reduced to a two-inch dash. What is that dash going to say about you? What kind of impact are you going to have in this world? You see, I believe that we're all born and we all have the fingerprint of God on us. Not a one of us in this room was born out of boredom. God did not create you because God didn't have anything else to do. And let me tell you, God didn't create you out of boredom. And let me tell you, contrary to what your parents may have said, you're not an accident. <laughs> you're created with a purpose. You're given gifts and you're given talents. And I meet people all the time who are kind of wandering aimlessly because they haven't been told or they, it hasn't clicked with them that they have been created for a purpose. And they're just kind of wandering around. And life's not making any sense to them. And all of a sudden they find themselves and they're empty inside and they're lonely inside and, and life's not making sense to them. And, why, and they start asking that question, why am I here? Well, those who are asking that question and try to fill it with worldly needs, oftentimes we see them going to alcohol, we see them going to drugs, we see them going to who knows what in order to try to make this life make sense. I see people all the time who have it made. I see people like Kurt Cobain. I see people like Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin for some of y'all. I see people like Amy Winehouse, who have the world and, and have millions of people who adore them and who think the world of them. And yet we ask a question, why did Kurt Cobain put a shotgun in his mouth? Why did Amy Winehouse die at 27 from a drug overdose? They're trying to find meaning in life. And they have found out that having thousands of people scream your name from a stage is not where it's at. It comes from God. So how do we live our life? How do we live that dash so that we can live and when our time for our funeral comes about, we can have a celebration. We've lived a life well lived. Well, I'm going to give you three secrets this morning. Three secrets of a life well lived. And they come from Paul's letter to Timothy. Now, Paul's letter to Timothy and Paul's letter to Titus is a little bit different because these are two co-workers, if you will. Usually, Paul wrote to churches. Well, he's writing to co-workers. He's writing to other pastors, if you will. And he's teaching them, and he's trying to share with them, and he's stressing the importance of holiness, of holy living. And he's stressing to them about living out their faith. And he's trying to teach them how to be a, a pastor. But most importantly, he's trying to teach them how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so when you read that, look at that. He's trying to teach them of how to live a life that's worthy of living. Because if he doesn't teach them that, they can't teach others that. And so it's of vital importance. And we're getting to the end of Paul's life here. And Paul knows it. And he writes in 2 Timothy, he's writing about 
uh, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. He's basically saying, I'm coming real close to the end of my time. I'm coming real close to the time when one of you two guys may be preaching my funeral. And here in chapter 6, he says, the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. The first secret of a life well lived, according to Paul, is fighting the good fight. Let's talk about this for a moment. Paul used in the original Greek, he used a word called agon. And essentially, the Greek meaning of that word is a contest in the arena. Understand, Paul's living in the time of Rome. Big Colosseum, right? All the games. And so Paul is relating this. It's not like going out and fighting somebody uh, and beating them up. Uh, Paul's talking more about a contest, if you will. And he said, I've gone in there and I've given it my all. And when we give our best, we can hand off the rest of it to God. Now, I'm going to talk for a moment about a very touchy situation that I don't think that there's any way that any preacher can get around talking about right now. We have dire, something dire going on in our country. And that's the immigration problem. And I'll be honest with you straight up, I don't know the solution. Okay? I don't have it planned out in my head. I'm not that smart. That's above my pay grade. And I don't know what to do about the borders. I don't know whether to send them back or to keep them here. But I do know this. I do know that separating families is never good. But for a moment, let, let's just talk about America for a moment, okay? And, and let me give you some real numbers. And these are 2014 numbers, all right? In America, the average sales price of what houses sold for was $311,400 on average. Now, Jill and I have been to Nicaragua. I can take eight people to Nicaragua. And for $1,000, I can build a house. You see, the majority of houses in Nicaragua are put together with scraps of tin that they have found on the roadside and just put together. And so when we come down and we spend $1,000 and we, we build them a concrete box and we put a tin roof on it and we put them an outside area, half the house is, is outside and half of it is inside. No windows, dirt floor. It's like putting them up in the Taj Mahal. For the average sales price of $311,000 for one house, I can take you to Nicaragua and we can build 311 houses for 311 families. Think about that. And you take a family of four in the United States and they make $23,850 at poverty level. In Nicaragua, you take a family of four and understand that all of them have all of them working because children in Nicaragua work. They make close to 15 times more 
being at poverty level in the United States than they do in Nicaragua. You want to know why people want to come to America? It's because if they come to America and they live at poverty level, they are 15 times better off financially than they are in Nicaragua. That's just reality. That's reality. Why are they coming here? Why do they want to come here? You tell me. Poverty is something that we've got to look at in our world, in our community. Now, Flint Hill does a wonderful job in our community, and, and I give you props. I give you props all day long. I mean, we take up all the school things. Last year it blew my mind, and so don't hear me coming down on you on this. This is a, huge, this is a church problem, not Flint Hill problem. This is a big church problem. This is Roman Catholic, United Methodist, Southern Baptist, Episcopal, everybody. This is, this is a problem that we've got to deal with. And you know what I will tell you? The churches are better equipped to deal with it than the federal government. This is not a federal government problem. This is a church problem. In the Gospel of Luke, this expert in law stood up to test Jesus. He said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to have a life worth living now? Jesus asked him, he said, what's written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will have a life worth living. But he wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? He said, let me give you this illustration. A man's going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, a priest, happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he went, oop, let me go to this side of the road and go around him. And so to a Levite, a Levite was one who was in charge of the tabernacle, in charge of the worship center. When he came to the place, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where... Remember, Samaritans were the people nobody wanted to hang out with. Nothing good comes out of Samaria. All right? But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you have. Jesus said, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? Welcome back to Grounded from Flint Hill United Methodist Church with Pastor John Hill. John, how much of our legacy that we leave is tied to what we do for others? I think our legacy is greatly tied to what we can do for others. Uh, there's two ways to live your life. You can live your life, one, selfishly and all about you, or you can give your life away and, and live it for others. And Christ was the perfect example. Christ came and Christ didn't live his life for himself. Instead, he gave away his life. He, he sacrificed his life for 
for the people of that day, but he also sacrificed his life for us who live today and the sins that we commit. Uh, his death on the cross paid the price for our sins, and that is a, a total act of selflessness that we should model. And so when we model uh, living selflessly and giving for others, uh, we live a much more fuller life. And I think you'll find that, that when you do that, your life is much more blessed and you, you have, again, that satisfaction that we all look for. Uh, we look for so desperately, but it seems so elusive, and that's because the world has told us that we need to live our lives for ourselves, and that's that's not scriptural. That's not the way Jesus wants us to do it. We'll return with the conclusion of today's message, Three Secrets to a Life Well Lived, on Grounded, from Flint Hill United Methodist Church. In life, it's important that we have people to lean on. For a Christian, that means a loving, caring, and compassionate church family. Flint Hill United Methodist Church in Alexander City invites you to come experience the warmth and companionship of a loving church home. Flint Hill United Methodist Church exists to be a lighthouse and a life-saving station through Christian Outreach. We offer a nursery, children and youth programs, outreach ministries, small group Bible study, volunteer opportunities, and more. All visitors are welcome. Services begin at 1045 on Sunday mornings at Flint Hill United Methodist Church. 2858 Flint Hill Road, just off Old Dateville Road in Alex City. For more information, look up Flint Hill Church on Facebook or visit our website at flinthillumc.com. This is Grounded from Flint Hill United Methodist Church with Pastor John Hill. John, in trying to live a memorable or meaningful life, we can sometimes lose focus when our priorities are not in line. It seems today we live in a world of messed up priorities. Uh, we have, as, as I said in the sermon, we have men who are, don't take care of their responsibilities. We have dads who, who don't pay their child support because they think the mother is going to benefit in some way, shape, form, or fashion when actually that money is going to the, to the child. You know, we've got to set our priorities straight. We've got to, we've got to finish the race well. And that means we've got to complete what we start, and we've got to live up to our obligations. We've got to live up to our promises. We've got to live up to who we are as men and women and dads and moms, and we've got to, um, to, to live a life and finish that race because other people, uh, other people are depending on us. Now the conclusion of today's message, Three Secrets to a Life Well Lived, on Grounded, from Flint Hill United Methodist Church. Too many people in this life have obligations that they're not finishing the race on. There are too many dads out there who are not paying their child support. There are too many people who are leaving behind their obligations of family, mothers and fathers. There are too many people who are giving their word and not standing beside it. There are too many people in, in life who are should be a leader, but they're not being the leader that they're called to be. There are too many people who are church members who are not standing beside their vows of their, of their prayers and their gifts and their service and their presence in church. There are too many people who are not living up to their responsibilities in life. You have to make that decision. 
You have to make that decision. Are you going to finish the race? When times get rough, when it's so much easier just to lay there, or when it's so much easier just to bail, are you going to stay? Are you going to fight? Are you going to continue to go? And even if you have to walk across that finish line with the help of somebody else, like a dad, like he did, are you going to finish the race? And then Paul said, the last thing I have done, three secrets of a life well lived, is to keep the faith. Kept his faith in God. To continue to remember that you are a child of God and that God loves you. Yeah, have you messed up? Yes, everybody in here has. But God has not quit loving you. God has not abandoned you. God has not given up on you. God has not wiped His hands and said, I'm done with you. That's it. God still calls you His child. And God still wants to be your heavenly Father. And Paul says that I have kept the faith. And I encourage you today that if you want to live a life well lived, you must keep the faith. You must stay in this wonderful book that's given all the answers to every question that you could ever ask. That's got all the secrets in it right here. To maintain your prayer life, to maintain your spiritual disciplines. Because those are the things when life really, really, really gets hard. That's going to be the foundation upon which you stand. Paul says, keep the faith. So three secrets. Three secrets to living a life well lived. Three secrets to that day to to make something worthy of that two inch dash. Three secrets that on that day when they put you in the ground or do with you whatever they're going to do with you. And they stand up and they start talking about you. That it will be a celebration and not a sad time. Fighting the good fight. Finishing the race and keeping the faith. How are you doing on those three secrets? You're listening to Grounded from Flint Hill United Methodist Church with Pastor John Hill. John, in today's message, we heard about three secrets to a life well lived. The bottom line is this is we are not created by accident. We are not created uh, just to fill some space up. Uh, But God has a plan for our life. And the prophet Jeremiah even says in one of my favorite verses in the Bible, for I know the plans I have for your life, and they're plans for good and plans for you to prosper, not plans for chaos. And for us, part of that plan is fighting the good fight. It's, it's, it's entering into that battle. It's entering into the ring. It's entering into life and being a participant in life and not a spectator. In order to do that, we've got to fight the good fight. We've got to finish the race. We can't just go out of this world and, and, and leave things halfway undone. Um, so many people today do that. It's, they, they take a swing at something and they don't hit the ball right off and then they leave. And that's not the way God has called us to do it. Uh, we're to stay in it and we're to, to continue to give it our best. 
and and above all we've got to keep the faith we've got to we got to know where our eternal salvation lies we got to know that life doesn't end on this and when you have that idea and when you have that knowledge and that assurance that life does not end when we take our last breath in this world but continues it gives you the courage to fight the good fight it gives you the endurance to run the race until it's completed and so we must keep the faith and keep that in mind let's pray Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for the call that you have on our life and that we have been, uh, we have been given gifts and talents, and Lord, and that you, you have a, a mission and a purpose for us being in this life. Gracious God, give us the courage, give us the desire, give us the ability to step out of our comfort zone and to go where you lead us and to do the things that you have called us to do. In Christ's name we pray, amen. As Christians, we're commanded by Christ to be in the disciple-making business. At Flint Hill, in order to help someone be a disciple, we feel that we must equip him or her to be one. And so we use our Sunday school classes, our small groups, our Bible studies, and other small group classes to equip our congregation to become better disciples in all facets of their life. And we invite you to experience Flint Hill and find a faith family. You've been listening to Grounded, an outreach ministry of Flint Hill United Methodist Church in Alexander City, Alabama, with Pastor John Hill. We thank you for listening and invite you to join us at Flint Hill United Methodist Church at 1045 on Sunday mornings. For more information, look up Flint Hill Church on Facebook or www.flinthillumc.com. And join us again next time for Grounded from Flint Hill United Methodist Church.